0: chapter fifteen of pioneers of the old south by mary johnston this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter fifteen alexander spotswood in the spring of sixteen eighty nine virginians flocked to jamestown to hear william and mary proclaimed lord and lady of virginia the next year there entered as lieutenant-governor francis nicholson an odd character in whom an immediate violence of temper went with a statesmanlike conception of things to be two years he governed here then was transferred to maryland and then in seven years came back to the James. he had not been liked there but while he was gone virginia had endured in his stead sir edmund andros that had been swapping the witch for the devil virginia in sixteen ninety eight seems to have welcomed the returning nicholson jamestown had been hastily rebuilt after bacon's burning and then by accident burned again the word malaria was not in use but all knew that there had always been sickness on that low spit running out from the marshes the place might well seem haunted so many had suffered there and died there poetical imagination might have evoked a piece of sad pageantry starving times massacres quarrels executions cruel and unusual punishments gliding indians a practical question however faced the inhabitants and all were willing to make elsewhere a new capital city seven miles back from the james about half-way over to the blue york stood that cluster of houses called middle plantation where bacon's men had taken his oath there was planned and builded williamsburg which was to be for nearly a hundred years the capital of virginia it was named for king william and there was in the minds of some loyal colonists the notion eventually abandoned of running the streets in the lines of a huge w and m the long main street was called duke of gloucester street for the short-lived son of that anne who was soon to become queen at one end of this thoroughfare stood a fair brick capital at the other end nearly a mile away rose the brick william and mary college its story is worth the telling the formal acquisition of knowledge had long been a problem in virginia adult colonists came with their education much or little gained already in the mother country in most cases doubtless it was little but in many cases it was much books were brought in with other household furnishing when there began to be native-born virginians these children received from parents and kindred some manner of training ministers were supposed to catechize and teach well-to-do and educated parents brought over tutors promising sons were sent to england to school and university but the lack of means to knowledge for the mass of the colony began to be painfully apparent in the time of charles i one benjamin sims had left his means for the founding of a free school in elizabeth county and his action had been solemnly approved by the assembly by degrees there appeared other similar free schools though they were never many nor adequate but the first assembly after the restoration had made provision for a college land was to have been purchased and the building completed as speedily as might be the intent had been good but nothing more had been done there was in virginia sent as commissioner of the established church a scotch ecclesiastic dr james blair In virtue of his office he had a seat in the council and his integrity and force soon made him a leader in the colony a college in virginia became blair's dream he was supported by virginia planters with sons to educate daughters education being purely a domestic affair before long blair had raised in promised subscriptions what was for the time a large sum with this for a nucleus he sailed to england and there collected more tillotson archbishop of canterbury and stillingfleet bishop of worcester helped him much the king and queen inclined a favorable ear and though he met with opposition in certain quarters blair at last obtained his charter there was to be built in virginia and to be sustained by taxation a great school a seminary of ministers of the gospel where youths may be piously educated in good letters and manners a certain place of universal study or perpetual college of divinity philosophy languages and other good arts and sciences blair sailed back to virginia with the charter of the college some money a plan for the main building drawn by christopher wren and for himself the office of president the assembly for the benefit of the college taxed Raw and tanned hides dressed buckskin skins of doe and elk muskrat and raccoon the construction of the new seat of learning was begun at williamsburg when it was completed and opened to students it was named william and mary its name and record shine fair in old virginia colonial worthies in goodly number were educated at william and mary as were later revolutionary soldiers and statesmen and men of name and fame in the united states three american presidents jefferson monroe and tyler were trained there as well as marshall the chief justice four signers of the declaration of independence and many another man of mark the seventeenth century is about to pass france and england are at war the colonial air vibrates with the struggle there is to be a brief lull after sixteen ninety seven but the conflict will soon be resumed the more northerly colonies the nearer to new france feel the stronger pulsation but virginia too is shaken england and france alike play for the support of the red man all the western side of america lies open to incursion from that pressed back indian sea of unknown extent and volume up and down the people who have had no part in making that european war are sensitive to the menace of its dangers in virginia they build blockhouses and they keep rangers on guard far up the great rivers all the world is changing and the changes are fought with significance for america feudalism has passed galasticism has gone politics commerce philosophy religion science invention music art and literature are rapidly altering in england william and mary pass away queen anne begins her reign of twelve years then in seventeen fourteen enters the house of hanover with george i it is the day of newton and locke and berkeley of hume of swift Addison, steele pope prior and defoe the great romantic sixteenth century elizabeth's spacious time is gone the deep and narrow the intense religious individualistic seventeenth century is gone the eighteenth century immediate parent of the nineteenth grandparent of the twentieth occupies the stage in the year seventeen hundred and four just over a decade since dr blair had obtained the charter for his college the erratic and able governor of virginia francis nicholson was recalled for all that he was a wild talker he had on the whole done well for virginia he was as far as is known the first person actually to propose a federation or union of all those english-speaking political divisions royal provinces dominions palatinates or what not that had been hewed away from the vast original virginia he did what he could to forward the movement for education and the fortunes of the william and mary college but he is quoted as having on one occasion informed the body of that people that the gentlemen imposed upon them and again he is said to have remarked of the servant population that they had all been kidnapped and had a lawful action against their masters sir he stated to president blair who would have given him advice from the bishop of london sir i know how to govern virginia and maryland better than all the bishops in england if i had not hampered them in maryland and kept them under i should never have been able to govern them to which blair had to say sir if i know anything of virginia they are a good-natured tractable people as any in the world and you may do anything with them by way of civility but you will never be able to manage them in that way you speak of by hampering and keeping them under about this time arrived claude de richebourg with a number of huguenots who settled above the falls first and last virginia received many of this good french strain the old dominion had now a population of over eighty thousand persons whites indians in no great number and negroes the redmen are mere scattered dwellers in the land east of the mountains there are indian villages but they are far apart save upon the frontier fringe the indian attacks no more but the african is here to stay the negroes live in small cottages called quarters under the direction of an overseer or bailiff who takes care that they tend such land as the owner allots and orders upon which they raise hogs and cattle and plant indian corn and tobacco for the use of their master the negroes are very numerous some gentlemen having hundreds of them of all sorts to whom they bring great profit for the sake of which they are obliged to keep them well and not overwork starve or famish them besides other inducements to favor them which is done in a great degree to such especially that are laborious careful and honest though indeed some masters careless of their own interest or reputation are too cruel and negligent the negroes are not only increased by fresh supplies from africa and the west india islands but also are very prolific among themselves and they that are born here talk good english and affect our language habits and customs their work or chimerical hard slavery is not very laborious their greatest hardship consisting in that they and their posterity are not at their own liberty or disposal but are the property of their owners and when they are free they know not how to provide so well for themselves generally neither did they live so plentifully nor many of them so easily in their own country where they are made slaves to one another or taken captive by their enemies the white virginians lived both after the fashion of england and after fashions made by their new world environment they are said to have been in general a handsome folk tall well formed and with a ready and courteous manner They were great lovers of writing and of all country life and few folk in the world might overpass them in hospitality they were genial they liked a good laugh and they danced to good music they had by nature an excellent understanding yet thinks at least the reverend hugh jones they are generally diverted by business or inclination from profound study and prying into the depth of things they are more inclinable to read men by business and conversation than to dive into books they are apt to learn yet they are fond of and will follow their own ways humors and notions being not easily brought to new projects and schemes it was as governor of these people that in succession to nicholson edward knott came to virginia the deputy of my lord orkney knott died soon afterward and in seventeen ten orkney sent to virginia in his stead Alexander spotswood this man stands in virginia history a manly honorable popular figure of scotch parentage born in morocco soldier under marlborough wounded at blenheim he was yet in his thirties when he sailed across the atlantic to the river james virginia liked him and he liked virginia a man of energy and vision he first made himself at home withal and then after his own impulses and upon his own lines went about to develop and to better the colony he had his projects and his hobbies mostly useful and many sounding with a strong modern tone now and again he quarreled with the assembly and he made it many a cutting speech but it too and all virginia and the world were growing modern issues were disengaging themselves and were becoming distinct in these early years of the eighteenth century whig and tory in england drew sharply over against each other in virginia too as in maryland the carolinas and all the rest of england in america parties were emerging the virginia flair for political life was thus early in evidence to the careless eye the colony might seem overwhelmingly for king and church if new england be called a receptacle of dissenters and an amsterdam of religion pennsylvania the nursery of quakers maryland the retirement of roman catholics north carolina the refuge of runaways in south carolina the delight of buccaneers and pirates virginia may be justly esteemed the happy retreat of true britons and true churchmen for the most part this for the most part paints the situation for there existed an opposition a minority which might grow to balance and overbalance in the meantime the house of burgesses at williamsburg provided a school for discussion at the time when parson jones with his shrewd eyes was observing society in the old dominion williamsburg was still a small village even though it was the capital towns indeed in any true sense were nowhere to be found in virginia yet williamsburg had a certain distinction within it there arose beneath and between old forest trees the college an admirable church bruton church the capital the governor's house or palace and many very tolerable dwelling-houses of frame and brick there were also taverns a market-place a bowling-green an arsenal and presently a play-house the capital at williamsburg was a commodious one able to house most of the machinery of state here were the council chamber where the governor and council sit in very great state in imitation of the king and council or the lord chancellor and house of lords and the great room of the house of burgesses not unlike the house of commons here at the capitol met the general courts in april and october the governor and council acting as judges there were also oriers and terminé and admiralty courts there were offices and committee rooms and on the cupola a great clock and near the capitol was a strong sweet prison for criminals and on the other side of an open court another for debtors but such prisoners are very rare the creditors being generally very merciful at the capital at public times may be seen a great number of handsome well-dressed complete gentlemen and at the governor's house upon birth nights, and at balls and assemblies i have seen as fine an appearance as good diversion and as splendid entertainments in governor spotswood's time as i have seen anywhere else it is of horror cry from the susan constant the good speed and the discovery from those first booths at jamestown from the starving time from christopher newport and edward maria wingfield and captain john smith to these days of governor spotswood and yet considering the changes still to come a century seems but a little time and the far cry not so very far though the virginians were in the mass country folk yet villages or hamlets arose clusters of houses pressing about the courthouse of each county there were now in the colony over a score of settled counties the westernmost of these the frontier counties were so huge that they ran at least to the mountains and for all one knew to the contrary presumably beyond but beyond was a mysterious word of unknown content for no virginian of that day had gone beyond all the way from canada into south carolina and the florida of that time stretched the mighty system of the appalachians fifteen hundred miles in length and three hundred in breadth here was a barrier long and thick with ridge after ridge of lifted and forested earth with knife-blade veils between and only here and there a breakaway and an encompassed treasure of broad and fertile valley the appalachians made a true chinese wall shutting all england in america in those early days out from the vast inland plateau of the continent keeping upon the seaboard all england in america from the north to the south to virginia these were the mysterious mountains just beyond which at first were held to be the south sea and cathay now men's knowledge being larger by a hundred years it was known that the south sea could not be so near the french from canada going by way of the st lawrence and the great lakes had penetrated very far beyond and had found not the south sea but a mighty river flowing into the gulf of mexico what was the real nature of this world which had been found to lie over the mountains more and more virginians were inclined to find out foreseeing that they would need room for their growing population continuously came in folk from the old country and continuously virginians were born maryland dwelt to the north carolina to the south virginia seeking space must begin to grow westward there were settlements from the sea to the falls of the james and upon the york the rappahannock and the potomac beyond these in the wilderness might be found a few lonely cabins a scattered handful of pioneer folk small blockhouses and small companies of rangers charged with protecting all from indian foray all this country was rolling and hilly but beyond it stood the mountains a wall of enchantment against the west alexander spotswood hardy Scott, endowed with a good temperamental blend of the imaginative and the active was just the man the time being ripe to encounter and surmount that wall fortunately too the virginians were horsemen man and horse one piece almost new world centaurs they would follow the bridle tracks that pierced to the hilly country and beyond that they might yet make way through the primeval forest they would encounter dangers but hardly the old perils of seacoast and foothills different indeed is this adventure of the governor of virginia and his chosen band from the old push afoot into frowning hostile woods by the men of a hundred and odd years before spotswood rode westward with a company drawn largely from the colonial gentry men young in body or in spirit gay and adventurous the whole expedition was conceived and executed in a key both humorous and knightly these knights set face toward the mountains in august seventeen sixteen they had guides who knew the up-country a certain number of rangers used to indian ways and servants with food and much wine in their charge so out of settled virginia they rode and up the long gradual lift of earth above sea-level into a mountainous wilderness where before them the aryan had not come by day they traveled and bivouacked at night higher and more rugged grew the mountains some trick of the light made them show blue so that they presently came to be called the blue ridge in contradistinction to the westward-lying gray alleghanies they were like very long ocean combers with at intervals an abrupt break a gap cliff guarded boulder-strewn with a narrow rushing stream making way between hemlocks and pines sycamore ash and beech walnut and linden towards these blue mountains spotswood and his knights rode day after day and came at last to the foot of the steep slope the long ridges were high but not so high but that horse and man might make shift to scramble to the crest Up they climbed and from the heights they looked across and down into the valley of virginia twenty miles wide a hundred and twenty long a fertile garden spot across the shimmering distances they saw the gray alleghanies fresh barrier to a fresh west below them ran a clear river afterwards to be called the shenandoah they gazed they predicted colonists future plantations future towns for that great valley large indeed as are some old world kingdoms they drank the health of england's king and named two outstanding peaks mount george and mount alexander then because their senses were ravished by the eden before them they dubbed the river euphrates they plunged and scrambled down the mountain-side to the euphrates drank of it bathed in it rested ate and drank again the deep green woods were around them above them they could see the hawk the eagle and the buzzard and at their feet the bright fish of the river at last they reclimbed the blue ridge descended its eastern face and leaving the great wave of it behind them rode homeward to williamferg in triumph we are thus with spotswood and his band on the threshold of expanding american vistas this valley of virginia first a distant beulah land for the eye of the imagination only presently became a land of pioneer cabins far apart very far apart Then a settled land of farms hamlets and market towns nor did the folk come only from that elder virginia of tidal waters and much tobacco of complete gentlemen at the capital and of many slaves in the fields but downward from the potomac they came south into this valley from pennsylvania and maryland many of them ulster scots who had sailed to the western world in america they are called the scotch-irish and in the main they brought stout hearts long arms and level heads with these they brought in as luggage the dogmas of calvin they permeated the valley of virginia many moved on south into carolina finally in large part they made kentucky and tennessee germans too came into the valley down from pennsylvania quiet thrifty folk driven thus far westward from a war-ravished rhine shrewd practicality trod hard upon the heels of romantic fancy in the mind of spotswood his order of the knights of the horseshoe had a fleeting existence but the vision of the west lived on frontier folk in growing numbers were encouraged to make their way from tidewater to the foot of the blue ridge spotsylvania and king george were names given to new counties in the piedmont in honor of the governor and the sovereign german craftsmen who had been sent over by queen anne vine dressers and iron workers were settled on spotswood's own estate above the falls of the rapidan the little town of germana sprang up famous for its smelting furnaces to his country seat in spotsylvania alexander spotswood retired when he laid down the office of governor in seventeen twenty two but his talents were too valuable to be allowed to rust in inactivity he was appointed deputy postmaster-general for the english colonies and in the course of his administration made one benjamin franklin postmaster for philadelphia he was on the point of sailing with admiral vernon on the expedition against cartagena in seventeen forty when he was suddenly stricken and died he was buried at temple farm by yorktown on the expedition of cartagena went one lawrence washington who named his country seat after the admiral and whose brother george many years later was to receive the surrender of cornwallis and his army hard by the resting place of alexander colonial virginia lies behind us the era of revolution and statehood beckons us on chapter fifteen